you know, I was convinced mm-hmm. that this was going to hurt people. You know, I was, I, this is between like the ages of, this happened between the ages of nine and 11. And it wasn't until I was 14 that I, I decided to share this, but I was, I was terrified that I was going to disrupt my family. You know, I was afraid of being taken away. Yeah. And then when I finally did speak up, that's actually not what happened at all. So instead, my, my feelings, my experience, it was all swept under the rug. I was given a monetary gift and then no one really talked about it again for decades. Mm, God. Yeah. So I had two lies running, running the show. The first lie being, if I speak my truth, I'll hurt someone. And then when I finally did have the courage to speak that truth, I had the lie of my truth will be ignored anyway. So it's not important. My story is not important. I'm not important. Welcome to the Revelation Project podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project podcast. So have you ever noticed that ever since your business showed up in your life, so have your deepest fears and false beliefs, stories and wounds buried deep in your subconscious as well? There's a reason for that. Our guest today, Gail Nowak, says that when you dare to listen to your wounded heart, you begin to heal and free yourself from the pain, fear, and false beliefs keeping you stuck in your business. Gail is a transformational retreat leader and founder of The Story Stylist, an award-winning expert positioning consultancy for speakers, authors, and mission-led entrepreneurs. She's passionate about creating experiences for messengers, healers, and entrepreneurial lightworkers that help them get real about how they truly feel so that they can find the message and story that best positions their magic. As a result, her clients clear their visibility blocks and show up powerfully to speak and lead from a happy, loving heart. Welcome, Gail. Thanks, Monica. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I love hearing about that, just reading about your work a little bit and really kind of, I love this name, the story stylist. Can you start by like telling me a little bit more about that? Sure. So my background is actually uh, my professional background. I started out in journalism and then I went into marketing and engineering firm and then went and worked as a PR executive at an advertising and PR agency. So I've been in the business of, of stories in different iterations through my entire career. And when I started the story stylist, I really wanted to get into helping entrepreneurs and speakers and authors really get in touch with the deeper why behind what they do and really helping them excavate the deeper stories and personal stories around their work. So that's how the story stylist kind of came about. And I really began that journey focused more on, you know, the really practical aspects of it, the marketing aspects, the messaging, the positioning of it all. And, you know, that's my, that's my zone of excellence. And what I discovered as I was working with clients is that there was this whole healing aspect of working on your story. In particular, you know, when you are the face of your brand, when you have to be the voice in the face of your brand, there was a whole different layer to the practical aspects, you know, the strategic aspects of working with clients in their stories. And what was coming up was that my client, I I started noticing this pattern of like clients coming to me and having like these really deeply personal experiences from their life. And they were sharing these with me. And I, they were running into this 
issue of like, do I share this part of myself? You know, do I get vulnerable? They were getting, I don't know if you remember, this was like seven years ago. So story was like really hot. Mm -hmm. It was like really coming to the forefront. And so there were a lot of these messages of being vulnerable, you know, having to show up that way. But it's like, that's really uncomfortable. It sure, it sure is. Right. It's really uncomfortable. And if you've had experiences in, in your in your lifetime where you did show up vulnerable and it wasn't well received, it's even more uncomfortable. And so I started to notice this pattern coming up in my business. And the funny thing is, is that even though I was getting clients right away when I first started my business about two years into it, I remember feeling like really frustrated and being really hard on myself that I wasn't further along. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, God, I'm doing all the things. I'm doing all the things. Why am I not making more money? Why aren't I getting more clients? Why, Why don't I feel more confident? And I was telling myself that I was doing everything to make my business work. So my brain's telling me, you're doing it all, you're doing it all. All the while knowing deep in my heart, the exact thing I hadn't done. And this was the one thing I never wanted to look at, never mind talk about publicly, because at that time it was still so painful. Mm -hmm. So as you can imagine, Monica, here I am, I'm working with these clients. I'm telling them to share the deeper truth behind why they do what they do. We all we, we're always the ones, right? It's always right. we're always teaching what we ourselves need to learn. It's just like it's it never fails, right? And my whole my business is called the Story Stylist. So it's not that I wasn't telling story. I was telling stories, right? I was trying on all these other stories to see, like, can I find something else that works? Because <laughs> I didn't want to tell this story. I didn't want to share why I felt so passionate. And and so deeply about wanting to help soulful entrepreneurs be seen and heard. Because there was a messy truth there, right? There was like, yeah, it was like the messy truth was under that. Exactly, exactly. And that messy truth was having suffered in silence for years as a result of child sexual abuse and emotional neglect. Mm Mm-hmm. And I knew, like, I was having this visceral reaction with my clients because I knew in my bones the loneliness and the shame of feeling invisible and unimportant. And that was why I was, I urged and guided my clients to be vulnerable and to share themselves. Yet I was terrified to do it myself. So what, I'm like, so what happened? What happened? How did you, how did you get there? So what happened? Yeah. So I'll share how I got there. But before we do that, I, I just have to take it back a little bit to help you and the listeners understand like why this was so hard for me. So number one, it, it took me years to reveal to my family what happened to me because I was afraid that if I spoke up, all hell would break loose. You know, I was convinced Mm -hmm. that this was going to hurt people. You know, I was, this is between like the ages of, this happened between the ages of nine and 11. And it wasn't until I was 14 that I I decided to share this, but I was, I was terrified that I was going to disrupt my family. You know, I was afraid of being taken away. Yeah. And then when I finally did speak up, that's actually not what happened at all. So instead, my, my feelings, my experience, it was all swept under the rug. I was given a monetary gift, and then no one really talked about it again for decades. Mm, God. Yeah. So I had two lies running, running the show. The first lie being, if I speak my truth, I'll hurt someone. And then when I finally did have the courage to speak that truth, I had the lie of my truth will be ignored anyway. So it's not important. My story is not important. I'm not important. And so I had subconsciously carried that energy right into my business, you know, right into all, all of the aspects of my life, but right into my business. And it really wasn't until 
the revenue roller coaster in my business got so uncomfortable that I actually dared to listen to what my heart was telling me. And what it was telling me is that somehow, even though I could not make sense of it at the time, right? Like here I am focused on marketing and business and like, how the heck does this story have any connection? But somehow my heart was saying, it matters. This matters. And not only did it matter, but it really was the key to breaking through in my business. And it, and it really had a ripple effect on my life. And what I learned, you know, after I finally shared was that it was having a ripple effect on, on other people's lives too. But I had to actually do it. Like I had to take the action. And the first time that I shared this story, I was I was launching something and I had this email campaign and oh my gosh, Monica, it, I was so nauseous that entire week. I mean, I just... I bet you were. I bet you were. Oh, I was like literally sick, so sick. And so many times I wanted to pull the plug. And at the same time, it was just like, there was, just, I just had the sense of being guided through this, you know, just, it was a real exercise in really trusting my heart. And I think fortunately for me, I tend to be a curious creature. So it, that works for me a lot of times in the face of fear that that, that curiosity could be an advantage. And I was also really frustrated because the month before I delivered that campaign, I had made $14. Okay. So I was like, are you kidding me? $14. Now I had had $0 months in my business before that, but it was something about this $14 that was like a real kick in the gut because it was proof that I could sell something, Mm -hmm. but just $14. So that was kind of the straw that broke the back. And I was like, look, this is the, this is the one thing I haven't done. Yes. It, I feel sick to my stomach. I'm terrified to do this, but let's just see what's going to happen next. So within three weeks of sending that email, I signed on three new clients. I made over $7,800 in sales, which was the most I'd ever made in my business at that time. And my business continued to grow and evolve ever since. And that's just the, you know, that's just the the money piece, the material piece, you know, and as you say, yeah, that's just one piece of it. I'm not even talking about the impact. That's really impossible to track. But as you say in your intro, you know, what gets revealed gets healed. So you can imagine that even though you know, your story may not look like mine. The listener's story may not look like mine. There are likely pieces in this that ring true. And it's in that sharing and witnessing where there's validation and healing and transformation. But to get there, we really have to trust our heart and do the inner work in order to shift out of our wounding and into our healing. Oh, I'm <laughs> there's so, there's so much here like I'm I'm just kind of holding my heart right now. I just I just want you to know like first of all I I I just want to for our listeners, you know, like what what's coming up for me is just again how we often it's like we hide our messes, right? We hide our message and yet for so many of us, I I almost want to say all of us, but maybe that's not the case, but I would say for so many of us our mess is our message. Right. You know, to the world and that that becomes actually, we can alchemize that trauma and hearing about your story, you know, again, like imagining what you went through and then sharing it. I have such a similar experience and I think it's no accident that when we connected this morning, I had told you that I was in a really emotional place, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. that I, and that I wasn't sure why. And here we are, we're, we're kind of coming up on Mother's Day. And there's just I'm really feeling a lot of feelings right now. And, you know, and part of that for me is, I think, I'm going through a, a new level of healing around my own relationship from from a childhood wound. And it's so interesting, Gail, because I too am writing my story. And so I'm very, very connected recently to kind of some of the unfinished business and really facing how to speak my truth and quote unquote position my truth mm-hmm. without it necessarily needing to, you know, 
be told from a place of victimhood, nor hurt those that were involved in the story, in my story. Right. So, but what I also want to say is that, you know, it's so interesting what you're pointing to about, you know, that finally telling, finally allowing that vulnerability created this alignment in your life. And I always say, like, when we align, it's like we are divine. Like, it's suddenly like there's this ability for us to now attract the miracles into our lives that we just hadn't been able to kind of get there until we fully reveal ourselves, like mass and all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just want to, acknowledge you sharing that, you know, that this healing piece, right. And in particular, when it's, it's old wounds or, or wounds that we've been working on for a while Mm -hmm. that, you know, it doesn't, it, it may never completely go away. It's a process and it's a commitment and it's a practice. Right. And so I totally honor what you're saying about going through this new level of, of healing based on, you know, what you've, it's so funny, right? Writing a book like this, this is what I see a lot. Like the visibility pieces will bring these things up and you think that they're gone and buried, but they're not, (laughs) they're not. They're, they're not. Yeah. And to your point, to your point, Gail, you know, it's, I have to remind myself all the time. It's like, it's, it's another layer, Monica, like welcome, right? Embrace. Yeah. And in that part about just really being gentle, gentle with myself, yeah. because I think we can have the tendency, you know, when, when another layer of healing comes up to be like, oh, you again, you know, like and mm-hmm. get really, really frustrated and almost angry and resentful that it's still here. Yeah. Like that somehow we, we should be over it by now. And yet when we think about Again, like that inner child who was so brave and then had that swept under the rug, right? I have a very similar swept under the rug. It's like, let's just ignore that ever happened. And it's just, yeah. in some ways, it's, it's, you don't even imagine that that kind of invisibility would be an outcome, right? It's like, I'm going to share this right. messy truth and be so brave. And now it's just going to be, let's pretend that never happened. Yeah. And I'm often talking about the fact that especially as women, we're taught that messes don't belong here, you know, and that they should be somehow associated with shame and that we should build some kind of pretty picture around it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that I know in my experience and in my a lot of my clients' experience, like we have this ability you know, and and I do think that this this happens. It, well, I I think that this probably happens. You know, just men and women, but women in particular, we have this train of thought going around in our head. Like we have to make it look look good, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has to look good. Everything has to look fine on the outside, and we're falling to pieces on the inside. And I really believe, Monica, that that goes back to our conditioning and what you were saying about how we're told basically from birth that feelings are wrong are you know we have our feelings made wrong instead of validated and so if they're messy in particular you know messy feelings in particular or if our behavior is messy in particular somebody else is t- is trying to shut that down instead of just allowing it to be. Right. And there there it is, right? That that trauma is not being able to know what you know or feel what you feel. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, again, I I think there's just you know, you and I had talked earlier too about, you know, even raising kids and teenagers and just it's not it's not pretty. Right. When you're, when you are trying to break that pattern and you're creating, you know, a different container for, for emotions in your own home, it's like, it's not convenient. Like emotions come up. And for us to really be able to be with them as they come is such a gift. It's been such a gift to turn that around in my own life with my own family as I raise my children. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up, Monica, because that's that's a really important piece of this is to be able to accept and acknowledge what what we've 
experienced personally and also to to appreciate it. And so you've had a a childhood experience that, you know, you didn't want to necessarily go through. I've got, you know, I've had a childhood experience that I didn't want to go to. We've had many experiences, I'm sure. And yet, would we be having this conversation without them? That's right. Well, and it's, again, recognizing, I think that it's, I always say that so my listeners are probably like, you know, could say it right along with me, but like, no, no grit, no pearl, right? Like, there's this way mm. that I think we, we need to rub up against. And, and I'm not saying, you know, like, oh, yay, you know, divine trauma, like, let's welcome yeah. it, right? right? Like, there's a way that we can't, you know, we don't need to be Pollyannish about what happened to us, but to really be able to alchemize, you know, those, events, those occurrences, and use them as the disguised gift to communicate our or reveal our divine purpose in the world to reveal, you know, maybe there's a deeper message that I have to bring from my experience that actually it can be tapped into as a wealth of resources, right? Like that we don't that by continually hiding it, we don't get to access anything more other than the pain of it. Right. But if we actually dare to move toward the pain, and this was the piece I really wanted to ask you next was really wanting to know, like, how do you guide your clients toward listening to their wounds, to their wounded heart, to really access and create from that place? I'd love to know, like, how do you do that? Yeah. So, and it, and you're exactly right. It, it's really being, being, well, number one, you have to be committed to doing this work because it's not for the faint of heart and, and it's not Pollyanna. And, you know, you may experience really heavy and dark things coming up, but it's, you, we always have a choice. We always have a choice to, to be loyal to carrying that burden or, to actually, you know, give it a seat at the table and name it. You know, I, I help my clients name, like, what is that? What is that about for you? What is it that it, that is, I use the word heart just because it, 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 you know, our heart is our emotional center. And so a lot of this work is really working with people who have shut down emotionally. Yeah. And I always think about like getting to the heart of it. Right. Like there's, there's that way that the heart really does represent kind of that. I, I think what happens, you know, is that we either close down that heart because of trauma, mm -hmm. you know, or we open it. And when we open it is, you know, that's where we, and it's so perfect, right? Because we pulled the card, give, receive, right? That's, right. The, that's the only place that, that we're really able to kind of create that back and forth flow with life and the world. And so if we're closed down on our side, and I just talked about this yesterday in my post on Instagram, I was talking about blocking. I had gotten so good at like blocking emotions and, but like with it came blocking compliments, blocking insights, blocking intuition, because when that heart center is blocked, you're not, you're not going to get much. Right. That's so true. That's so true. You, you, you cut yourself off from, from opportunity. If you're not able to receive, if you're not willing to be in that vulnerable place to receive the emotions that are coming up, you're just pushing everything away. Everything. It's not just the, the unpleasant, uncomfortable feelings. It's everything else that you're pushing away as well. And so it's really important for my clients to, to understand that this is having a, a ripple effect. You know, this is, this is typically it's showing up in their business. There are, there are symptoms of that showing up in their business where maybe they're not, maybe opportunities are coming to them, but they're not really quite aligned or, you know, they're perfectly aligned to the way that they're being and they're wounded and they're wounding, but not really aligned with where they're wanting to be, how they're wanting to show up. And it's, it takes being willing to go there, but then also being able to name it. Like what, it, what is that about for you? Why, you know, I had an experience on 
on retreat where you'll like this, Monica, because I know you, you, you know, you talk about the, the masculine and the feminine energies. And we were doing this exercise around the inner masculine and the, and the inner feminine. And there was this piece about being a victim that came up in the exercise for me. And my coach said, you know, what is it on the list that, that you would never want to, you never want to feel again. And that was the thing. Like, I never want to feel like a victim again. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about like, what would it be like to just be willing to be a victim again, to receive that? And it w- and it all broke down to vulnerability. Now, this is this is recently. So th- I'm a work in progress, right? We all are, yeah. So I was, yeah. So I was still kind of carrying around that shut off protective energy of, you know, I'm going to be vulnerable, but only to like, they're going to be limits. And there's a difference between the boundaries and the limits. But this was like, I didn't want to be a victim. And so I was shutting down. I was, I, I was walled off. I was walled off from a piece of myself because I wasn't acknowledging that victim experience. And the thing is, you don't have to stay there, but you you can't ignore it and reject it either. I mean, you can. It goes back to this, to what I love about what you're saying is it goes back to this power of witnessing. Like, you know, we, I'm going to go back to what you said about invisibility, right? Like a, one of our basic human needs is to feel seen. Right. When we can't feel seen, we can't realize ourselves. Like literally, right. we cannot realize ourselves. So it's this paradox at which everything is. But there's also this same idea that our emotions and so much of our lived experience needs to be witnessed and validated by ourselves. Yeah. That it's actually so important. And I can so relate to actually the victim you know, the the victim example that you gave, because I remember when I first started working with a therapist around exiting my marriage, and there was a way that I didn't realize that I had been in an emotionally abusive relationship. And I, you know, so much of that was rooted in not recognizing because that was also my my experience of love growing up was very kind of convoluted as so many of us our experiences are. It's like entanglement. Right. And so in order for me, like I just kept blocking like, you know, this victim. It's like she wanted, I felt like she wanted me to wallow in my victimhood. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not doing it, you know? And she just finally, she was a, a very wise woman and she kind of put her hand firmly down on her chair and said, Monica, when are you going to get that it's actually okay to acknowledge mm. that you had you were a victim to this without realizing it? That's okay. Yeah. And that all of it's okay. And that just by stepping into it and trying it on and being with it gives us access to a new way of perceiving it, a new way of working with it. But if we're in that blocking mode, we can't do any of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I so strongly get that, that, that visual and, and, and God bless your, your therapist for, you know, really challenging you on that. And, and that's, I feel like that that's what we're, what we're called to do with our clients sometimes is to really challenge them on how those defense mechanisms, because when you're doing your inner work, you can see, or you can feel, you know, I have, I get sensations in in my body. And so a lot of times that's how I kind of work at it. Like, Like I use that angle because that disarms them a little bit. So I might say something like, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like my chest feels pressure or my throat feels really tight. Like, are you, you know, how are you feeling in your body? And then, and oftentimes they'll say like, yeah, I feel that too. And then we kind of go deeper into the, the sensation that they're having versus going into right away, going into, Hey, what happened to you? (laughs) You know? Right. Or the logic around it to actually stay with the sensation that the sensation has a story to tell or wisdom to offer. 
Right. And that's exactly it. Asking the questions, you know, what it, what is, what is that? You know, does that feeling have a color or a shape or a message for you? You know, and, and that's one way to kind of help people get more into the, definitely get more into their body, right? Because a lot of us are, are up in our mental plane, even us, you know, heart-led entrepreneurs, we spend a lot of time up in our, up in our head. Mm-hmm. It, and then also inner child healing has been, gosh, that, that, that's been a game changer for me. So being able to be with that child that was victimized, right? For example, to really go and reparent or be the, the caregiver for that child that you wish you had had, like really can help you be more receiving to your own experiences and your own feelings and allow those feelings to come up and, and be released and be healed. Uh, and that's where there's so much un, unsurfaced emotion, I find, right? Mm-hmm. Is that with yeah. the minute you start to actually allow yourself to imagine and give yourself what what you needed, what you didn't get at that time, it's mm-hmm. it's such a healing, it's such a generous healing to offer yourself because that was the hardest bit for me to do because there was mm-hmm. there was this I had such an inner cynic and what I didn't understand was that this inner cynic was how I survived like yeah. you know you know how you were yeah. talking earlier you know about these aspects of ourselves and especially if we've been traumatized but we but we all have these anyway we have multiple aspects but oftentimes you know we create these pieces of ourselves that then act as our protectors and my inner cynic was was always kind of playing that protector role. But there came a time where I almost had to visualize asking her to kind of step away and yeah. allow me to nurture this child, you know, that was inside of me and offer this child, you know, words of love and compassion. That was exactly what she didn't get. And the cynic wanted to stand there and be like, yeah give me a break, you know, and roll her eyes and just be very kind of dismissive about how self-indulgent it all seemed. Yeah. But once I got that that wasn't necessarily me, that that was more of a protecting saboteur, so to speak, that it was so much easier for me to be like, okay, I've got this, you know, that was that that final frontier was the inner child work for me. And I say final, but of course, like, like we said, it's never done. It's just, it started to remember me, you know, that all of these pieces of ourselves that we've been forced to abandon or that we've abandoned in exchange for love and belonging in order to to seek our wholeness again this is the way there it's by remembering and reclaiming these pieces of ourselves that actually help to bring us back into alignment with the truth of who we are yeah absolutely and i love that you shared that and and that's a big piece of it too it, it is acknowledging acknowledging that that this child needed to needed to be witnessed by you, you know, your own inner child needed to be witnessed and and validated by you and and loved by you. And that you had this inner cynic who did a really great job at protecting when it was needed and to be able to have that conversation and, 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 you know, have a sense of gratitude of, you know, thank you for doing your, your work and you're, you know, it's okay. I've got this now. And, and asking them to say, asking them, asking right. yourself, right. <laughs> I know, that but it's, of yourself it's to true. Step aside. And so it really is, it's deepening that relationship with yourself and really honoring all the, all the aspects of yourself and being grateful for all of it and being, being willing to, to be with all of it. Like it's not necessarily being like, oh, my inner cynic, you know, caught me like being angry or, or it's like having that sense of that gratitude. Like, cause there was, there was a time and a place for that where you, you needed that to survive. Oh, I have such, uh, I have such appreciation for my inner cynic. Like it's, yeah. 
now it's such a different relationship I have. And now I can kind of look at her and be like, oh, there she is again, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, popping her head in here, rolling her eyes and, you know, putting her, 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 uh, folding her arms over her heart, you know, and poo pooing all this touchy feely bullshit, she'd say. Like it's, it's, she so has the voice of my father, which is so funny. Yeah. You know, I also loved my father. And of course, there was, there's also the way I loved how earlier you were kind of modeling what it's like to be with your clients when they're in an emotion and using your own, your own inner knowing and your own empathic ability to say like, yeah, my chest is really tight right now is yours. You know, my throat is really tight because I think oftentimes if we're not familiar with how to express ourselves in this way, that modeling is so much a part of getting there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm I'm curious too, Gail, I would love it. Like if you could turn back time and like talk to your younger self, what would you tell her? I'm so glad that you asked this question because really like this is this is what I've been doing <laughs> for the last two years is is actually turning back time and talking to my younger self and and really telling her that you know, she is lovable. You know, you are lovable. You are loved. You are more than enough. You're okay. You're safe. You know, these are all feelings that were lacking for me. I I remember Monica, I might've been, you know, seven or eight years old and I was, God, it was just, it was just such a, an interesting experience. I was hanging out with a friend of mine. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I remember at one point just looking him dead in the eye and saying, you know, my parents don't love me. I like just, and I, it was like, and I, I share that. And I know like my brain is already working on it. You can can hear that I'm having trouble even just like getting this out. But Mm -hmm. at that time I was so convinced that that was true. Yeah. I was so convinced that that was true. And, you know, obviously I'm telling this to my, you know, seven-year-old friend who's just kind of like looking at me. He doesn't know what to do with that, right? But I didn't have, or I didn't feel like I had any sort of agency or power to to tell that to someone who could actually help me work through that. Oh, yeah. And so that's, and then the other thing, the beautiful thing about having children, right? We were talking about this before we, before we hopped on together is you have a choice, right? You have a choice to continue the the patterns that you were raised with, or you have a choice to do it differently. And you and I have, have, have chosen to be more present and, and more emotionally available and allowing our, our kids to show up exactly who they are as exactly who they are. And there's something about that experience too, that makes it easier to go back to my younger self and have that same compassion and to be able to soothe my inner child in the way that would have worked for me, you know, and this is the thing about parenting, right? Like you don't know really how, whether you've had a a traumatic experience or not, like, there are just times where your parents don't know how to give you or meet your emotional needs. Mm-hmm. Right. It, and it's not, it's not a knock on, on them or anything, but there are just times where those needs aren't met. And so having that, you know, being a parent and having that experience of, of wanting to do it differently and then being able to bring that back into my own younger self has been hugely healing for me. Likewise, likewise. It's really, I've often talked about the fact that my children, you know, at various ages, there was a time where it, they really were 
you know, activating my, my memories from, from my childhood. You know, it was almost like my daughter, especially who, who looks very similar to me, you know, it was like, Mm -hmm. it was like watching a vision of myself play (laughs) something out. I was like, this is bizarre. You know, like DNA is so bizarre. This is so unfair. And yet, of course, it was, you know, I say that humorously because there were so many opportunities. It's like, I do feel we're given opportunities over over and over and over again. But it is a choice as to whether or not we're willing to really, you know, rub, rub up against that grit, so to speak, you know, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable, I'm not going to say that it's not, but there's a way that we, we get tenderized by allowing ourselves to become, you know, really in contact with those things, you know, and, and get, have a, a, a practice of being with that discomfort where we continue to remind ourselves it's not going to last forever. It's let's just right dip in here for a moment and see if there's some gold, see if we can turn some of that silver into gold. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so here's my next question for you. I, I'm loving this conversation so much, Gail. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I'd love to know more about your work with mission-led entrepreneurs and how are you seeing them once they're able to really kind of bring their wounded hearts, you know, or allow that part of themselves to really kind of show up in their work? How does that make a difference? What are what do you see happen? Yeah. So or even common, yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah. I want to if it's okay, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how, so, so that the listeners can, can get a sense of like how this might be showing up. Yes. And so in order to answer that question, let's talk a little bit about some of the common symptoms I see of wounding that, that, that come up in relation to your business, in relation to your visibility and not promoting is is one that I often see. And, and here's the thing, like I work with authors and speakers and entrepreneurs. So you have to promote, right? <laughs> you have to share your work with people in order to make the impact that you want to make. And it, some of my clients feel really uncomfortable about promoting themselves, about talking about themselves, about talking about their work and really where that comes from is somewhere along the line, we're made to feel wrong about feeling proud of what we create. You know, maybe it's something that happened in childhood where they they made something and they were brushed off. It could be as simple as that, or it could be a, a deeper thing. So not promoting looks like, you know, not, it could be not telling your story or it could be not marketing your book or not booking the the speaking gigs. And that's really not necessarily like, that's not going to lead to a sustainable, successful business. But a lot of the clients that I work with, like for them, it's more about the impact. So how do you impact people when you're not promoting? Okay. So it's really going in deep and getting to the heart of, okay, what is that really about for you? Like, what is, what is this not promoting thing about for you? It, yes. On a surface level, there was some sort of message about, you know, maybe they heard you don't get too big for your britches and, but there's a deeper, there's something deeper usually going on there. And then when, when we can energetically and emotionally clear that they're far more excited and they, they're able to understand that, oh, this isn't about me. This is actually about the people who need to hear about my work. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's so much bigger than me, right? Well, and you said energetic clearing. And so what I what I make up about that is that once that energy is kind of cleared out, it's like then we're able to really kind of feel into our own brilliance, our own, you know, unique offer what what we're really bringing to the world in a much deeper way. And once we kind of internalize that and remember that, right, that that we are actually worthy, because usually under that is something around worthiness or not good enough. And 
Right. You know, I raise my hand over here because for me, it's always disguised perfectionism. I was going to say that was another one. (laughs) Right. Procrastination. Oh my gosh. And it's like, it's just really recognizing, you know, that that there's a story around that, that there's an energy around that, that we're carrying. And so like what you were saying, clearing it actually then allows us to make the true impact. Because to go back to what we were talking about before, when that energy is in the way, it's considered a block, an energetic block. And there's that heart not being able to do what it really wants to do, which is that the true desire might absolutely be there, but it's being blocked by this energetic current that's from the past. Right. And getting to the heart of it and being able to clear it is one piece of it, but then it's also deciding like, what's the new energy going to be? Like, what's the new energy that I want to be in and integrate and practice being in? So, and I think that this is the place where I know for me, like in my own healing experience, this is, this has tripped me up. And I think that Sometimes this is the missing piece when it comes to healers and, and light workers is that it's great to get that aha and that, and that recognition and realize, oh, I've been, I've been being this way. And, and then you think, okay, well, I'm done with that. But it's not necessarily, it takes a little bit more of that. Like you have to practice, you have to decide what's the new energy going to be. So like for me, I was in that place of if I speak my truth, I'll hurt someone. And and really, this was having a major impact on all areas of my life. And it was like, wait, I'm still hurting people by not speaking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm I'm hurting myself and I'm hurting other people and I'm hurting these, these aspects of my life. There's the paradox. Yeah. Right. So it's like the new energy that I wanted to be coming from was, you know, my truth matters, you know, and and it's okay to let other people feel whatever it is that they feel about that. But my truth actually matters. And so it's really deciding and committing to that new energy and practicing it. And, you know, we always like, we'll have those moments where we want to go back to the old energy and that's okay. Well, I've got a great example of this, which which was just how we greeted each other this morning. I, it's like almost, so for me, it's, my choice, you know, for how I deal with perfectionism is I, I tap into the energy of presence, not perfect. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like by getting present, sometimes it means that I have to express what's here for me right now that might be getting in the way of me wanting to do it perfectly, Gail. Mm-hmm. Like that this interview today, I actually got on with you and I was like, you know what? I'm feeling really tender this morning and it's been going on since Saturday. And, you know, I've been really in a, in a hard place and I think I'm, I'm feeling a lot more intensely and just being able to express that to you got me present. Yeah. And I really want to acknowledge that it would have been, it may have been a lot easier to just send me an email and say, Hey, I'm, I'm not feeling it today. Can we reschedule? Mm-hmm. And you chose to just show up exactly how you were feeling, and look at what we've created together in in that in that space of being really tender and being really present to how you're actually feeling in the moment and how I'm feeling in the moment. I mean, I was certainly feeling feeling that with you, you know. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about being able to go deeper with our clients, and I, you know, I do private VIP experiences and I do small group retreats. And there's something about that container that really allows you to go to those deeper places and allows your clients to be, to be witnessed, like we were talking about, to be validated, to really kind of clear some of these denser energies and to create it together. It's like, I don't, I don't necessarily profess to be the guru by any means because I'm I'm doing this work too. And it's like I we're we're doing it. We're working on it together. Well and there's that feminine again, you know, there's that co-created, you know, really experience. And when we do that, what we're really also doing is creating that community. Yeah. Yeah. That intimacy that really does continue to carry forward with us in our heart when we feel deeply seen by someone, 
when we've created that kind of energetic bond with somebody, there that's love right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. So what what advice or tools would you suggest to kind of help our audience listen to their heart so that they can allow what wants to come to life come into their lives? Yeah. So I have, I don't know how we, how we're doing on time, but if we have time, I'd love to just walk through an exercise that I take my clients through to help them see the impacts of, you know, sort of being in that woundedness and moving into healing. And then I also have what I call the talk to your heart assessment, which is a downloadable PDF that has an accompanying meditation to get you out of your head and into your heart before taking the assessment. And that takes about 20 or 30 minutes to complete. It's a great tool to get present to what's wanting to be more alive in your business and your life right now. And the other thing that's really, I love about that tool is that you get to experience how you access and receive and respond to the wisdom and the truth in your heart. So that's, that's a gift for your, for the listeners that you can get over at gailnoack.com forward slash revelation. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you know, take some time to, to, to go through that this week and, and see what comes up for you. Yeah. And let's do the exercise. Let's do it. Yeah. Do our listeners need to be like seated or like not driving or something? <laughs> yeah. It, well, you could, it, you know, if you are driving, if you're listening while you're driving, you can kind of go back and, and listen to this when you're, you know, at home or in your office. And what you want to do is take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle. And yeah, Monica, if you want to do this, I'm doing it. Lady. Talking I'm about doing it. it. I'm drawing <laughs> the line right now. All right. Awesome. And so on the left hand side, at the top of the page, write wounded heart. And then on the right hand side of the page, write healing heart. And so usually what I do is I ask people to take a few minutes to write down what things look like in your business when you're in your wounded heart. So in my example, the obvious thing that was coming up in my business was that my revenue was inconsistent. Some of the less obvious things was that I was showing up put together on the outside, but I didn't really feel that way on the on the inside. I wasn't being fully visible because it was emotionally triggering to me. And Monica, if anything's coming up for you. Oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> scribbling like mad. I'm like scattered, tight, pre- you know, pressured, cranky, hiding, right? Like all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pressure, cranky, hiding. Exactly. Hiding. That's the bit, that's a, a big one for people. You know, holding back, not feeling good enough, all of those things. And so on the right side, you're going to write down what's different or possible when you're in your healing heart. So I want to just define that a little bit because the healing heart isn't necessarily after being transformed. It's it's just being with the emotions. It's just simply daring to listen to what your heart's telling you. So maybe that's being more curious than you are afraid or that your desire is greater than your fear. That's what was going on in my example is that I had gotten to that place where it was the breaking point. So maybe maybe it's a, a certain kind of breaking point. Maybe it's just acknowledging like, oh, I do this thing, right? I hide out. So what is it that I'm really wanting instead? What is that? What's the desire that I'm having instead of hiding out? And once you once you finish your lists... It's really about like looking at them and things will pop up, you know, but really looking at both of those lists and tuning into your heart and asking and being really honest with yourself, where are you still allowing your wounding to influence your business or your life? Oh my gosh. And the most obvious one that I didn't even have on wounded was invisible. Yeah. From the childhood wound, which still shows up. At times, right? Like it's right. a very real thing. It gets to still be here. It's just, I think the part of the practice is noticing it. And then, like you said, being able to choose 
And of course, this is going to go right on my wall in front of me because on the healing heart side, you know, it was really obvious once I had written down the wounded heart, what the healing heart wants. And I say wants because I I really, I love it when I feel clear and calm and flowing and creative and open and present and curious and bold and generous and intuitive. Mm -hmm. There's that open heart. That when it's he- when it's in the healing heart mode, it's also an open heart. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, and and that's the thing, right? Like, you'll see. There's one or two undeniable truths right there on the page, <laughs> right there on the page, right? And so, you know, Monica, you can you know certainly journal about that and ask more questions right like ask your heart more questions maybe ask like what's one action i can take this week where i'm shifting out of my invisibility and i'm shifting more into being clear and curious and bold and and in that open heart I love that. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And so journaling about it, what I've been really learning about journaling, especially with prompts like that, you know, that if I just allow myself to sit, you know, with a nod here to my, my current writing coach, Rebecca uh, Gold, she um, is, I'm taking a yogic writing kind of course with her. It's called From Matt to Memoir. Mm, I love that. Yeah, but it's so great because it's it involves the body. It's um, tapping into some somatic. And then I have Bryna as my other book coach. So, you know, I've got a whole team going here. But the idea is, you know, with the prompts that I really just sit and write without getting into my head and just kind of write from my heart for 10 minutes without, you know, and even if I don't have the words yet, repeating the prompt over and over or, mm-hmm. you know, but just allowing my hand to write on the page without letting my head get in the way. I, I always find that there are nuggets of gold that I come up with. Yeah, that's beautiful. And there is something about, well, your hand, your hands are, number one, your hands are biologically connected with your heart, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but energetically too. And so there is something very healing just about that journaling process as well, whether it's the, the automatic writing that you're talking about or really, you know, processing an exercise like this that, there's something about getting it out of out of your head and in and through your body and out onto the page that starts to bring it into reality. Like it's it's manifesting out of your thoughts and emotions and into the physical. And that's where we can start to take action that serves us versus hanging on to the things that don't serve us anymore. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, and again, Gail, like this has just been such a delightful, organic, very organic conversation. I just feel, you know, I'm always kind of divinely guided to to talk to the next right perfect guest for everything. It's always just amazes me that it's like the perfect conversation for where I'm at right now. And of course, I'm I'm going to make up that there are many of our listeners that might be in the same exact place. And so I really invite all of our listeners to really just welcome this idea of you know, kind of what's what's here underneath the surface that we might be unintentionally blocking and that might be not only impacting our, our businesses, but our lives and our and our well-being and our happiness and that we we owe it to ourselves. You know, we are we are the first example of how the world is to be in relationship with us. And so there's a way that kind of getting to the heart of it, so to speak, is where we start to realign with what is true and real so that we can experience the best life we're here to experience. So thank you again, Gail, for just being here and your generosity and sharing with us. And yeah, it's just been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Monica. I've had so much fun talking about this and um, I really appreciate the opportunity to to share with you and speak from the heart with you and with your listeners. Uh, Well, and we'll make sure to put everything in the show notes. And if you want to go back and of course, to get that free gift, Gail, do you want to say that URL one more time? 
Yeah, sure. So you can grab the talk to your heart assessment at gailnowak.com forward slash revelation. And I also invite you to connect with me on Instagram at the story stylist. And I'm on LinkedIn and YouTube at gailnowak.com. And you can also check out my website at thestorystylist.com. Love that. All right. Well, there you have it. And until next time, more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.